It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, March 27th. March almost over. LA Galaxy go winless through the first month of the season. Maybe not surprising. Maybe some surprising. We're going to talk about it. 0-0 draw, of course, with the Portland Timbers. I know a lot of you were uh, frustrated to watch that game. Just imagine being me. I missed it, and then I had to watch it, and then I knew the score was 0-0, and I still had to watch it. Uh, so going to talk about that for sure. Uh, coming up, transfer windows slowly closing, and of course the LA Galaxy schedule coming up as well. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter, he is on a plane too. Well, actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say where he's going to. Let's just put it this way. It was a 26-hour travel time for him. Uh, so we'll eventually get him back on whenever he comes in, but I think he's going to be out this week and next week. Uh, should have some interesting coverage on the baseball side of things if you're paying attention to that. To help us out tonight, we are going to be joined in about eight minutes or so uh, by Alex Ruiz, uh, one of my favorites uh, from the striker. He's going to come on and talk some LA Galaxy with us, talk about Portland, all that fun stuff. Hope everybody's having uh, a nice a nice Monday. Uh, I hope everybody had a nice weekend. Um, it was it was weird having an early game. Uh, the first game of the entire sort of uh, weekend. I, I think in some ways it sort of set up the entire weekend, right? Um, in, in the way that there wasn't a ton of really great soccer. There were a lot of blowouts, you know, 6-1. Uh, Atlanta wins 5-1 against Portland, then loses 6-1 to, to Columbus. I believe I got that right. Um, so there's that. St. Louis beat RSL, I think, 4-0. Um we can look at the scores here real quick. Yeah, uh, Columbus and our Red Bull New York uh, draw 1-1 there. Columbus beats Atlanta 6-1. That's weird. Uh, New England beats D.C. Um, at D.C., which is uh, interesting to one there. Uh, without Sebastian Legette, if you've been following any of that on Instagram. or Excuse me, Sebastian Legette wasn't even on that. He's on Dallas. We'll talk about Dallas whenever we get down to Dallas. They lost LAFC 2-1, missing Sebastian Legette at LAFC. Sebastian out for personal reasons. I'll let you snooze around the internet on that. Um, just saying it feels like the Galaxy dodged a bullet on Sebastian Legette. Um, and, and maybe they were taking that bullet for a while um, and they have since passed it off. Probably not the worst thing that has ever happened uh, to the LA Galaxy there. Uh, the Chicago Fire beating Miami 3-2. Weird. Orlando 2-1 over Philadelphia. A little weird. Um, but Orlando is a good team. Philadelphia is a good team. Uh, but Orlando doing it in Philadelphia. Again, Philadelphia has to sort of rebound after after not getting MLS Cup. So that was that's an interesting story to follow, but losing at home uh, to Orlando. Uh, it, uh, Austin 1-1 with Colorado. Who scores the one goal for Colorado? Kevin Cabral. Of course he does. Uh, Houston 1-0 over New York City. Weird. Uh, Seattle 4-1 over SKC and SKC. SKC turning out to be quite horrible. And uh, and if you look back at the Galaxy, maybe you're saying that maybe you should have taken points from that game. Uh, Minnesota draws with Vancouver. Vancouver is a bad team. Galaxy should have taken points for that one for sure. Um, uh, but Minnesota, drawing Minnesota at home, that's disappointing for Minnesota, who was sort of on a tear. Uh, Cincinnati over Nashville. Um, Cincinnati on the road in that one. St. Louis 4-0 over RSL. That was the one we were talking about. LAFC 2-1 over Dallas. Uh, not a convincing win by, by LAFC. Also got a red card in there that sort of helped them with all of that. So uh, San Jose 0, Toronto 0 to end out that entire thing. So um, just a weird sort of uh, a weird sort of weekend. Um, that's what happens when you play through an international break. I know Pablo Maurer over at the Athletic was certainly talking about that um, and saying, hey, I'll, you know, when you play through an international break, you should be expect some of these bad games and expect some things uh, going on. I, I would like to say, we are keeping our fingers crossed for 
for no um, for no internet problems. But I, I can see that already we're probably going to go into that, um, which is really strange. We're actually hardwired in. We ha- we think maybe we have found an issue with the modem, um, and we're going to replace that modem. So. There's one thing I can always tell you is that you can always go to the podcast and listen to the podcast. Um, that's one way to do it for sure. Um, and that way, uh, you know, it's we make sure that everything that doesn't get uh, intercepted or hurt by any of the um, the streaming issues or anything like that. The podcast usually comes out pretty good. So anyway, we'll fight through it for one more and we have a new modem coming and hopefully that is the answer to our question, our, our problems. Um, and if not, we'll have to figure out some other thing. All right. That's what we're going to do. Uh, a lot of interesting things here for the LA Galaxy, though, just in terms of, uh, you know, what we're trying to see and and where things are trying to go with the Galaxy. Are they building? Are they doing stuff they're supposed to be doing? Um, you know, are they able to create this this atmosphere of of winning, this atmosphere of being able to uh, go through and and really uh, push past some of the hurdles they're having at the very beginning of this season, right? And it's one of those things that we have to continue to watch because they're still adding pieces. You had Caligari making his season debut on this, right? So we're we're in this sort of building process, but usually for the LA Galaxy, you're used to the building process being done at this point, all right? And so that's sort of, that's the tough thing to sort of put into this is where are the building blocks and how are the building blocks coming through for the Galaxy and are they building to something that's sustainable for the rest of the year? Because through the first month granted three of their four games are on the road um you know they haven't shown a lot they haven't shown a lot of productivity they haven't shown a lot of offensive acumen uh with douglas costa out with chicharito those are certainly things um that we're we're trying to do i know i know everybody we're, we're trying we're trying to we're trying we're hanging on by the by the very thread here all right we'll do the best that we can to get through without uh without the internet completely dying but we are hardwired to stuff this is actually coming from spectrum itself we are not getting internet to us from spectrum for whatever reason and it was fine for years um so we're trying to figure that out uh but we're trying to keep an eye on douglas costa and sort of what that's going on i have a i have a nice little tin tin foil hat theory that basically um you know douglas costa is is not really on this team and then he hasn't been on this team um and that he is attempting to and and going for um, you know, to, to, to try and go back to Brazil somehow. And the LA galaxy have already informed him that that is going on. If you'll remember, I talked to Greg Vanny. Um, I asked him if there was any doubt in his mind whatsoever about whether or not Douglas Costa's, you know, was, was, was clear on his intention to, 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 uh, to either be with this team or not. And Greg Vanny said he was hundred percent clear, never said sort of which way that was, by the way. So Vanny could be sort of stringing this along the whole way, which I wouldn't forget. Um, so it's, it's one of these, crazy sort of ideas that um, is sort of slowly coming to fruition. And with Douglas Costa's return supposedly soon, um, we sort of have to sit there and almost entertain that, right? We have to entertain the idea that Douglas Costa is or isn't on this team. It's almost like Schrodinger's Costa, right? It's You can look at him. He's either with the team or not at the team at the exact same time. Um, so anyway, uh, it's it's it, we're waiting to sort of see what advancements the LA Galaxy can make in just a limited amount of time. Uh, just 28 days now until the MLS primary transfer window closes in. Uh, that's That closes on April 24th. Uh, I, as I said on Twitter, I'm not one of those guys who likes to say the clock is ticking. Uh, but let me tell you, the clock is ticking, boys and girls. The clock is ticking. Um, and with that, the LA Galaxy have sort of, you know, they have to come to, a, to an understanding of what they expect out of this group. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of where we're at, uh, going to be joined here, uh, in just a second by Alex Ruiz. So we'll get that. Just want to barely start touching on this Portland Timbers versus LA galaxy game, uh, zero, zero Providence park. This game was supposed to be cold and windy and rainy. And I think it was cold and probably a little windy. Um, but, but a little less rainy than, than everybody expected, including the grounds crew. Uh, cause you had Greg Vanny talking about it after the game. Um, and certainly you could see it during the game. Uh, I know people love to just call things excuses. I wish you'd put your thinking caps on a little more to actually say, you know, it's not just excuses. Um, these are things that that happen for a reason. Uh, these are things that uh, that in general um, do affect the outcomes and, and the ways of the game. But let's get to uh, let's make sure we welcome from the striker, uh, Mr. Alex Ruiz, before we get any further. Alex, how's it going, buddy? Going well. How's it going, Josh? I'm doing excellent. Thanks for thanks for stopping by today. I know it was late notice and I'm, I'm glad we could have you on. 
no problem. I'm glad to talk Galaxy anytime. All right. So well, I was just starting to get into this game against Portland. 0-0 draw. Um, going through the starting lineups, we got some, basically, I think everything we expected, right? Because we got Caligari starting on the right-hand side. We figured that would be the case with Leerdam off with Suriname uh, for international duty. You knew that Dejan Jovalich was going to be out as well. So you And, and with Dejan out and Chicha out, that pretty much left Preston Judd to uh, to start up top as the uh, as the number nine there. W- was there any surprises from the lineup that you saw? Um, personally, my biggest surprise was, you know, F. Ryan Alvarez basically getting benched for Memo Rodriguez. And I know the past, you know, three games that Efra has started have not been impressive. Um, but, you know, Vanny, he's been playing with inverted wingers um, for a while. And I was really surprised to see Memo kind of be out there outright. And I, I think that was kind of in support for Caligari. You kind of saw that, um, looking back at the game, I think 45% of the attacks for the Galaxy came on that right side with, you know, Memo, with Caligari, with Mark Delgado as well. So it was interesting to see Vanny kind of, you know, play that card. But also an interesting um, start for me was um, I, I thought they would have given Jalen Neal maybe a, a game off. Right. I think, you know, this is definitely a game um, where um, you kind of want to be able to get some of the other players maybe a little bit more involved. You know, Kulabalik just came back. You maybe want to get him back involved. You know, Mavinga's kind of lost that starting um, space. But at the end of the day, I was, I was okay with Neil going in, but I thought I would have seen a little bit of center ro- back rotation. But, you know, as I say, if it ain't broke, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Or yeah. however it goes. Yeah, that, no, that is exactly it. If it, broke, it, if it ain't break, broke, don't fix it. And in this case, I mean, it, it would be hard, though, Alex, to, to say, hey, Jalen, we're going to set you and give you a rest, right? Because he's literally done nothing. He probably has the freshest legs out of anybody on that back line, um, just owing to his age, right? And so he's, and and he hasn't been an issue. I mean, I like to say he hasn't been an issue, Alex, but he has in almost every single game that he's played, given the ball away down the middle. And I think he did it twice in this game again. And so far, none of them have burned him. He's been very lucky that he hasn't gotten burned, I think, on any of those giveaways up the middle. That's the only thing I'm really seeing that is missing is just the decision making down the middle, because otherwise Jalen Neal looks like he is almost a veteran on these things. He is calm. He's cool. He's collected. And every time he plays, I feel like he just makes another difficult decision for Greg Vanny, which was like, it's like, hey, you can't take me out. There's nothing you can do. Mavinga, I know you just got him. Sega, I know he's here, but it's not like you can get rid of me. Yeah, for sure. But I thought, you know, um, kind of maybe taking him off a little bit towards the end of the game. He kind of looked a little gassed. He was kind of beat um, by the one uh, Portland forward. He had to get a tactical foul, tactical yellow card right there. Um, but yeah, like you said, he's not put a foot wrong. I just thought, you know, you might have maybe wanted to put another defender in there, especially considering the game kind of got a little bit more wide open towards the end. But again, I have nothing against Jalen. I thought he was really good. But um, in that sense, I thought I was I was surprised to see him go full 90. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. Um, Caligari, let's stay with the defense. Uh, you had Edwards on the left. You had uh, Caceres in the center. Uh, and then you had Caligari making his LA Galaxy debut on that right-hand side. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, on the on the young guy comes into this game and and, and sort of is thrown to the wolves? Did you, uh, did you like his performance? Yeah, I thought his performance was excellent. I think um, Greg Vanny kind of talked about it. He was really impressed with um, Caligari being thrown into this game, you know, being with the team for less than two weeks. And having to play on turf, which is something Greg Vanny complained about after the game. I um, mean, he was he was really good when it came to providing that width on the right side. If you look at his heat map from this game, he was basically getting his touches right on the touchline, and he was really opening up the field for the rest of the LA Galaxy players. I mean, he led the team with uh, three chances created, and that, that's um, great. And I I thought it was really uh, good to kind of see him be able to be really involved because a lot of times when a player comes in, you know, they might be a little bit shy when it comes to getting involved or they might, you know, not necessarily crumble under the pressure, but they kind of look a little bit lost out there. But I think Vanny really um, set Caligari up well, giving him support players. Like I said earlier, uh, Mark Delgado, Memo Rodriguez were really in that, you know, right-hand side with Caligari to always give him a passing outlet. And I think that really helped him get settled into the game. And the fact that, you know, he was allowed to get forward because um, Raheem Edwards was playing a lot deeper this game. I think Greg Vanny said after the game that, you know, Edwards was basically a control player and Caligari was given the freedom to go up and down and I think that's, you know, best for a player to be able to get comfortable with that. You know, you kind of loosen some of the jitters from your first uh, game. And I thought he did excellent. He showed a lot of promise. 
I think you need to work a little bit on those crosses right. um, to really get the best out of him. But so far, a really, really good start. Good 90 minutes for Caligari. Yeah, I thought it was interesting looking at the average positions. Um, and one of my favorite things, the passing network and the average positions for LA Galaxy players. You had Caligari, who basically spent uh, his average position was into the attacking zone. Uh, he was over the uh, the midline there for a defender. And if you look at Edwards, it is tilted back, just as you said. Edwards stayed a little bit more uh, home. The, the other big thing that sort of comes for me whenever I look at the passing network and everything that sort of comes around that is there were two guys who were sort of an, on an island in this game. Um, and that's really where I think the, the, the improvement needs to come. One was Preston Judd, obviously getting his first MLS start. Um, really a, a guy who by necessity was put there. But when we've seen him, hasn't been horrible in spurts. And the other guy is Tyler Boyd on that left side. I would I would probably expect a lot more from Tyler Boyd in this game. And for the most part, either Portland did a good job marking him out or the LA Galaxy did a poor job of finding him in space. What do you think of, uh, of Judd and Boyd? Yeah, I really like uh, Preston Judd. I think his attacking work rate is excellent. I mean, he's constantly making runs. I mean, he's the biggest striker that the team has. So he can kind of be a little bit more of a target man when it comes to those long balls or um, trying to, you know, win those aerial duels. And I really thought, you know, he should have gotten that goal from that one chance he had in the first half. Unfortunately, he didn't. But overall, he kind of showed that, you know, he is willing to scrap out there. He's willing to, you know, um, be physical, put his body out on the line. You know, he really did everything in his power to get into good positions, to be in the box, be open. Um, and on Tyler Boyd, um, yeah, this is definitely a game where I thought he needed to be involved a little bit more. Um, considering, you know, you're playing against a team that likes to be in a low block. You want to have a player on the wing who's constantly moving, who's moving the back line, who's making runs off the shoulder. Um, just Boyd wasn't able to get those touches. And, you know, props to Portland for taking, taking him out of the game, essentially. And that's kind of why the Galaxy tended to attack on that right-hand side. Yeah, I was telling everybody before the show started, I said I was uh, I was sort of in this area where uh, I didn't get to watch the game live, so I had to rewatch it knowing it was a 0-0 draw, right? So that's like the worst position you can ever be in as a reporter is knowing you have to watch a game that ha is not going to be exciting. Uh, and everybody had already told me that it wasn't exciting and I shouldn't be watching it. But when you go back and you watch the first half, if you watch the first half of that game, you would think for sure the LA Galaxy scored in that second half. Just in terms of the amount of chances they had, they probably had the biggest amount of chances, especially if you load like, you know, the, the front of that, um, you know, six minute Brugman shot basically gets tipped over the bar by David Bingham. Maybe that was the best shot of the night. Um, you had that one. You had Judd who shot from the top of the box and who just found the outside of the right post, uh, probably only about four or five inches off on that one. And he has his first goal in the galaxy probably win that game, although you never know for sure because uh, Portland seemed uninspired up to that point and uninspired through most of the first and second half as it goes. Um, but is this a case of, and, and I think Greg Vanny was saying, things are sort of coming together, right? Like he felt mm -hmm. that things were starting to get better. Do you feel like things are getting better? Was this a dominant performance by the LA Galaxy that just needed offense or are there bigger issues here? Yeah, I think I wrote, um, you know, kind of my recap of the game. You know, this was kind of a step forward, but not like a leap forward, you know. Like, this was, again, another positive performance to build upon. And, you know, Portland are a tough team to play against. You know, they are very pragmatic in their play style. And the Galaxy definitely just were unlucky with these chances. I mean, you have David Bingham having, like, the game of his, you know, the last, <laughs> his best game in the last two, three years, right? Right. Since he left the Galaxy, you know. Um, they were just really unlucky in this game. I think there was a lot of really good... Um, takeaways from from this game i think we talked about the defense right, right. um they looked really good out there you know those last five minutes were a little chaotic and and whatnot but still in general in the grand scheme of things uh they they played well i thought the midfield again looked really good gaston brugman is proving that he's the best player on this team right now at the moment yes um ricky Pooj is still being very influential when it comes to the final third just you know the wing play has just not been there and that's really kind of holding this team back and it's very very obvious that um it's it's the one part that is going to be magnified every single game, considering that every day goes that goes by, you know, um, is a day without a new signing, a new winger, considering the Galaxy have a transfer ban in the summer. So I, I think this, like I said, this was a good step in the right direction, but just not a leap forward that you can say, okay, you know, um, that springs you a lot of confidence, you know. But uh, the next couple of games are tough, but we'll see what uh, Vanny's men do. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. You know, we were, I was talking about, you know, Memo in terms of uh, Memo Rodriguez and, and what you see from him. 
you get sort of exactly what you expect from Memo Rodriguez, which is going to be a guy who's who's not a winger, who tucks more inside, who's going to you know sort of be inside and be those outlets. I thought Rodriguez had a bunch of chances, um, had I, maybe the the best chance in the second half from the set piece. Um, and I, and I would wager to say that Memo Rodriguez is probably the best set piece taker on the LA Galaxy right now. Is that is that crazy to say? With when you got Ricky Pooj and, and Gaston Brugman, every time Memo sort of lines one up, it seems like it's at least on target. Yeah, he's definitely been dangerous from those, uh, you know, opportunities from set pieces. And I think Memo in this game, when he drift, got the ball inside, he looked so much more comfortable in the center of the field than he does out wide. And I think that was very apparent in the second half. You kind of saw him play a little bit more inside and combine a bit more with Ricky and with Gaston and with Mark. And that really helped the Galaxy offense kind of be able to push the ball forward. And in my opinion, I think the Galaxy play best when they're attacking through the middle because that's where their strongest players are at. And when the Galaxy were able to do that in this game, they were able to, you know, put balls into the box, be able to kind of get in those areas that are, are good for chance creation to get those passes off for a shot on goal. Um, but Memo Rodriguez is such an interesting player to me because, you know, he's being asked to play in a position where he's not really been, you know, trained to play for a majority of his career. He's being kind of in those half spaces all the time. You know, he's not the fastest guy in the world. Um, he's still kind of trying to, be able to do what Vanny wants when it comes to making those runs and, you know, widening the field a bit. But I really think if you can get Memo to play in the middle a lot more, I think you can see a lot, you can see him be a lot more dangerous in his passing and, you know, when he gets the ball in those good shooting areas. And like, like we said, I'm surprised that, you know, out of Gaston and Ricky and Memo, he's the best set piece guy. So yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a positive surprise. It's a positive. Well, and he's getting a lot more minutes than I, I sort of expected. But it is, as you said, there is a lack of wingers. There, there is something. There's a lack of width on that side. Uh, you know, with Caligari basically playing up. And and by the way, can I just say about Caligari before we? He looks like a footballer. I, is that cliche enough to say? Um, he he looks like a guy who knows how to play. He looks like he belongs. He has the 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 upper body physical like physique to be a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to be strong on the ball. I liked his challenges. You know, he had some passes that I think you're going to say, oh, you know, if you're, if you're trying to be critical, you're saying, oh, those were bad passes. But at the same time, he doesn't know these guys. It's not like he's trained with them for very long. He doesn't know where they like the ball. He doesn't know the runs that they're sort of expecting. He's just having to play sort of the base offense and the base defense right now to try to figure out how everything sort of goes together. Um, so for me, Caligari was a huge plus. I liked Memo Rodriguez in this game. I thought he added a lot, but the problem is he's, you still needed somebody outside of him a lot. And that ended up being Caligari for some points, um, who had some good crosses. And I, I'll take your point that those crosses needed to find better marks. Uh, he had a great hard cross, uh, basically right on the goal line that somebody should have been near. Um, and so sometimes we can blame the galaxy's positioning a little bit for some of that stuff uh, rather than anything. But I still felt and I think Greg Vanny said after the game to Alex and, and maybe you can mm-hmm. comment on this. He felt like maybe w- what have we heard from Greg? We've heard things like, oh, well, the uh, the buildup was uh, was too slow. Right. And we we're like, OK, so you want it to be a mm-hmm. little bit quicker. And then we've also heard things. Where, well, we haven't been patient enough. Right. And I know there's a balance between those things. In this particular game, it felt like the Galaxy were too patient, right? There were some overpassing. There was trying to find the perfect shot. Is, is that fair? Yeah, I think they try to get too cute at times, you know. And I, I know the Galaxy we've seen, you know, from bits of the end of last year, you know, they're able to play really good football when it comes to silky passes, moving the ball up, doing these cute little flicks here and there. Um, but when you're playing against a team like Portland, like, you can't be doing that. And I think in this game, there's a lot of times where they try to get the perfect opportunity. But, you know, as I said earlier, you know, Portland are going to sit back, be in a low block, be pragmatic. You got to get those shots off. You got to be able to at least, you know, keep testing David Bingham a lot more. And, you know, once the game did open up, you kind of did see a little bit better um, opportunities that kind of weren't taken out. I thought, you know, F. Ryan Alvarez, um, there was a chance where, you know, he had the ball out wide and you have Preston Judd kind of running through the middle. You know, I, I know we tend to talk a lot about him just being so reliable on that left foot. But I mean, it's becoming a real, um, it's becoming a, a real problem. I think yeah. the fact that you have a player that's so one dimensional and very predictable that it's easy for teams to kind of, you know, be able to take him out of the game. And considering he was the only sub in this game, right. Somebody who, you know, was brought in to kind of be a, a, a game changer. Um, it was definitely disappointing to see him um, kind of not really be able to provide that um, in the final third. There are people who don't like it when you pick on on F. Ryan Alvarez. I get those people in my mentions all the time. Um, he he in, at one point in this game, 
he was at the top of the box and the defender was literally like run past me on the right side. Go ahead. Just run past mm-hmm. me on the right. He stepped into the left foot before Alvarez was even on the left foot. And then Alvarez moved it to his left foot and just got it stopped. There were two guys there. There was nothing that was going to happen by going to the left. And everybody knew that. But they were literally saying, beat me on the right hand side. And he doesn't have that. And uh, I don't know. I can't remember a game one where there's only been one sub like from from a, a outside. I, I don't I, I honestly don't remember any games in maybe my whole career where there was only one sub made super interesting to me that Greg Vanny said, that's the only sub I want to make. Is that, is that a, is that a fault there? Are there some guys there who you think probably could have, could have made some impacts? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think Greg after the game kind of talked about like, look, and you know, when you kind of take a step back, you know, we're missing pieces like Chicharito, like Douglas Costa. I mean, Johnny Perez was available, but I mean, he's coming off an injury and I don't think you kind of want to give him those first reps on turf. Um, but it definitely, this is kind of a question about the LA Galaxy's depth. I mean, we know that they have players, but I mean, um, right now I'm just not seeing anything positive from, from Alvarez right now, um, to really, you know, consider him a game changer off the bench. Um, Costa has been injured. Um, uh, we know Memo Rodriguez has kind of been asked to kind of play there, even though that's not his position, Right. but it's definitely, um, something that's, that's concerning because you're going to have a lot of games this year where you're going to need subs, you know, you're going to have the least cup, you're going to have the U.S. Open Cup, you know, MLS, you know, all in these next, you know, eight months, right? Right. Um, so you're going to need these players to be game changers. And, you know, I know it's so early in the year, but it's definitely disappointing to see that off the bench, there really hasn't been any, you know, somebody who's been able to score a goal. I mean, the Galaxy haven't scored a goal in the second half. Right. Um, so I think that's a little concerning, considering the second half is the most important half. Uh, but nonetheless, it's just, Right now, time will tell what's going to happen, but you need to kind of see some sparks that uh, this team can kind of be able to put it together um, when it comes to garnering chances in the second half, when it comes to being dangerous. And at the end of the day, we all know that this team is still very incomplete, and I understand that uh, point of view, and I think it's very valid. Um, But at the same time, you really want to be able to see something quickly because with the supporters boycott going on, um, with, you know, a lot of teams in the Western Conference kind of, being able to get in their mojo and their rhythm, um, it's definitely a little bit concerning. Yeah. But not too much. Yeah. It, no, it, I understand. There is sort of a, a preach of patience here, right? And with all the home, or with all the away games, right? Three out of the four have been away. Um, with all that stuff going on, it's, it's, it's one of those that you have to sort of sit there and say, okay, you know, how much do we really feel is, is an issue, you know? Um, and, and, there's like there's all these different ways. One is Alex and I, I've sort of put it this way. One is the LA Galaxy haven't played anybody really of consequence yet. Not anybody mm-hmm. of uh, who has really been taking this, uh, you know, the first four games um, in any sort of leap and bound. In fact, they probably had one of the easiest schedules whenever you look at opponents points per game um, in that. Having said that, they've also played three or four away and they've taken points that if you're late in the year and you go to Sporting Kansas City and get a point, if you're late in the year and you go to Portland and get a point, you're probably OK. Um, but neither of those teams have looked real good, so it's sort of hard to put all that in perspective. Is that is that fair? Yeah, you know, it's kind of like uh, that saying, you know, is the glass half empty or, <laughs> or half full? It really depends on the, how, how, how you view it, you know. Um, you know, this team hasn't won a game all year, but also this team is unbeaten in three straight games. I saw that, so I saw that email def- that the LA Galaxy sent out. The LA, they're like, the, the LA Galaxy are unbeaten in three games. I'm like, they're, they're not wrong. That's how stats work. <laughs> Exactly. It's all about perspective when it comes to this Galaxy team so early in the year. Um, but like you said, right, like getting appointed, you know, these places um, on the road later on in the season would be seen as, as a net positive. But right now, so early in the year um, and with the circumstances that this team is dealing with, I think overall should be kind of viewed in a more, you know, half full kind of light because there's a lot going on with this team. Um, but they're still being able to, you know, kind of grind it out, even though grinding things out isn't exactly what you want to do to start off a new campaign. Well, well, you sort of brought it up. You talked about game changers, right? Effort coming off the bench was supposed to be a game changer. I asked that sort of question on Twitter. It's like, who are the game changers who come off the bench for the LA Galaxy? And the answer is that usually it's guys like Preston Judd or it's guys like Dayon Jovalich, and those guys have a bigger impact. Those guys make teams think a little bit. But in the midfield, I'm not sure you have that game changer. You have you have bodies for sure that can sort of fill it in. So I feel like the Galaxy are still short on the game changer in the midfield, the guys who are going to be the wingers, the guys who are going to play in, you know, Douglas Costa, if indeed he's an LA Galaxy player, which that's my tinfoil hat theory right now. He's not actually a Galaxy player. 
Um, it's why we haven't seen him. It's why he wasn't in preseason. It's why he's had this this you know uh, calf injury that's lasted uh, months and months now uh, that it feels mm-hmm. like. Uh, so that's my my tinfoil hat theory. But if you're going to get somebody like Douglas Costa, he's going to start, and then you're going to have people who come off the bench that sort of replace him. And maybe that's a guy like Memo Rodriguez comes in, and maybe he's able to, especially against some 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 weaker legs that sort of changes things so is it, it's almost not fair to sort of sit there and say who comes off the bench when all the bench players are currently playing you're into the second and third strings right now is that I, I don't know if that's fair but it's certainly an argument I could see myself trying to make no it's a valid argument especially considering you know I think you have the the graphic up earlier today right 28 days until the end of the window that's right 28 like, days we're seeing the galaxy yeah we're seeing the galaxy team right now their depth is being tested like this early in the year you know, with their injuries, with the players out on international duty, like this is exactly like the kind of scenario that you kind of expect in midseason when, you know, players are presumably gone for, you know, international tournaments or a couple of injuries here and there. Um, and you can see that um, Vanny thought, you know, the only game changer was one player, which was Efrain Alvarez. And I think when you really look at, uh, like you said, that midfield, you know, they're really good, for, um, you know, three in there. But aside from that, you're really lacking. There's a big drop off, I think. When it comes from that trio of Brugman, you know, uh, uh, Puj and Delgado, right, and then to those bench players, there's there's a pretty big drop off in my opinion. Um, and also too on the wing wing side of things, you know, it's just Douglas Costa and Tyler Boyd that are, you know, presumably true wingers. And heck, I don't even know if we count Costa as a winger, <laughs> considering how often he likes to just cut inside. Right. Um, but again, I think it's just about the perspective you look at it. Can the Galaxy get a player in before the end of the transfer window? I mean, taking into account the injuries and losses here, you're playing against some teams that are, you know, the Galaxy have had rough times getting points on the road against. Um, and I, I think that's the thing I'll keep preaching. It's about perspective, how you look at this thing, because it's, it's definitely a very interesting start to the year and not one people would have liked to see, but at the same time, it's one that, you know, you can be okay with. Yeah. yeah. Just okay with. Uh, I'll, I'll finish out my questions uh, with, with Jonathan Klinsman for you. Um, as good... Uh, slightly better, slightly worse than Jonathan Bond, and is he making an argument that maybe he should be the starter? He didn't have much to do in this game, but he made the one big save he needed to, right? Yeah, he came up big when it mattered, and I think that's all you really ask for when it comes to a keeper, you know. Um, just one save this entire game, and that was in the 8th, ninth minute, you know, making himself big, stopping a ball. Um, that was, you know, from the outside of the six-yard box. I don't really think this game gave me enough to really say if you know, is he better than Bond? Is he as good as Bond? I think maybe these next couple of run of games, you'll really be able to see that a lot more. But I mean, he hasn't put a foot wrong. And I, I think, you know, if he's able to sustain this kind of form, you know, he hasn't allowed, conceded a goal yet. But again, he's only played maybe like, what, 140, 50 minutes. Right. Um, but as time goes on, we'll be able to see kind of the goalkeeper Klinsman is. And, you know, he's been here since 2020. He's, one, you know, one of the longest tenured players on this team. Um, so he's he's seen what these players can do. He knows the players. He's not like this goalkeeper who just came in this offseason. Doesn't know anybody. Um, he knows the guys that have been here from last season and the guys that came here during this past offseason. So I think you're comfortable with Klinsman right now. Um, but again, if you're going to evaluate him against Bond, it's going to be a couple more round of games to be able to kind of get enough of a sample size to see that. Alex, uh, I'm your biggest fan, just in case anybody ever wants to argue. Uh, it was me. I was there first, and I'm your biggest fan. So uh, tell people where they can find you, and we'll make sure they uh, they tune in to you. Yeah, you can uh, find me on the striker.com. I'm the LA Galaxy beat writer, so a bunch of LA Galaxy content just for you guys. And you can find me on Twitter at ALXRUIZ15. Um, a lot of LA Galaxy content on there, stats. I really like to pull up a bunch of numbers and look at the game through that analytical view. So if you're interested in that stuff, I'm your guy. There you go. Yeah. Alex is amazing. You can usually find him on, uh, on my Twitter feed as well. Cause I retweet him most of the time too. So Alex, appreciate you stopping by buddy. We'll catch up to you later. All right. Yep. Thank you so much. Good night, everybody. All right. There you go. Mr. Alex Ruiz. Like I said, I'm his biggest fan. Um, and if anybody wants to argue with me, you can. Um, but that's not going to happen. Uh, I wanted to get some, some super chats while the internet was melting down slowly and surely. Um, we got one from, of course, executive producer Herb. Uh, he gives us a $16.44 super chat. Says, hey, Josh, technical difficulties again. Case of the yips, just like Ephra. I wish Ephra had the yips. Maybe that means he was shooting and they were just not going places. Uh 
SPQR Prof. He's a $10 super chat. Thanks, Josh, for all you do and learn so much through COG. Uh, and at halftime, we appreciate that. Certainly appreciate you uh, you following in. E Super, who I like to harass endlessly on this podcast, $20 super chat. This is for the uh, COG Equipment Fund. Uh, we'll, we'll work on that. We I swear to God, the modem is actually ordered. Um, one of our wonderful listeners is helping out with that. Okay, we have we have people. We are working on the problem. Uh, it's just not as quick as hand. And like I said, I literally have a cord running th- halfway through the house to make sure I'm plugged into the wall to get the best internet, and it, it does not matter. So anybody who is arguing it's the Wi-Fi, it is not the Wi-Fi. Five dollars super chat from Tony. Tony, good to see you back in the chat room. Hey Josh, uh, is Costa receiving offers from Gremio at this moment? Don't know about the moment. Uh, Costa's best friend apparently went on uh, radio in Brazil and was like, "Oh, he'd love to come back to Gremio to sort of revive his name and." and sort of make good with the fans and everything. This is where my tinfoil hat theory has sort of been going, right? This is where we've been trying to to sort of connect dots and make things make sense. And the bottom line is that Costa really hasn't been seeing this whole preseason. He's supposedly in return to play. Um, I, I'm not. I, I'm... The more I talk myself into this, the more I sort of get going into crazy land, which is there seems to be a lot of signs pointing to him not being here very soon. And that's tough. To, I don't know if the galaxy are going to buy him out. Maybe that's a threat. You know, I mean, I'm sure Costa wants his money too, right? He's like, I pay me all my money and then I'll go to Gremio and I'll get some money from them too. Um, I, I, I just, I just don't know. But if, okay, if the galaxy are going to buy him out, then they have to have a replacement. Have we heard anything about any sort of wingers that have really come through that you're saying, Oh, that's a DP winger. We haven't. Right. And, I am not of the belief, and we have so far proved it this off or this preseason into this season and everything else. We have proved that we will hear about rumors when they are talking to players. All right, because it it usually comes out as things actually progress. We will always hear about it. Somebody will talk. Okay, and so that's sort of where I'm at, which is I haven't heard any big rumors. So how could Costa be on his way out if I haven't heard those rumors sort of following? Maybe they haven't pulled the trigger. 28 days though. That's not a joke, right? That's not, that's not a joke. It could be down to 27 now. Um, I think it's, I think it's actually 10 PM uh, West coast time is usually whenever it shuts down on April 24th. So we could be closing in on 27 days here shortly, but 28 days as we stand right now left. All right. Um, I'll, I'll say this about the game. Um, it was a lot less boring than you guys made it sound. Uh, it's a frustrating game for the galaxy, almost 70% possession. Um, I think 17 total shots. Let's bring up the thing. I can just look at it. It's okay. Yeah. 17 total shots. Uh, Portland didn't get a shot on goal until the 90th minute, right? Uh, they didn't get their second shot on goal until well into the second half. Uh, the defense has been holding up its end of the bargain. All right. And that goes for the midfield as well. Cause I think the midfield did a really good job of tracking back in this case. And they kept Portland contained. Portland was shorthanded. The galaxy were shorthanded. These are not full strength teams going at it for sure. Portland has a whole bunch of guys injured. In fact, I think uh fought mob. I brought up theirs uh, just to sort of look, you know, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players injured right now. Oh, the galaxy have four players injured right now. All right. Although I'm pretty sure that Chase Gasper is sort of uh, close to being back in there and, and back to playing, right? So there are pieces missing to both of these teams, but you expected the Galaxy with all that possession and with some good chances as well to sort of be above that fray, right? To do it. I'll, I'll tell you this. Go on Mob because I think they do a great job. Look at the momentum chart, right? The momentum chart shows Portland much more into this game than if you're looking at the possession chart, right? Because P- Portland is a grab it and burn it type of type of team, right? They're going to grab the ball. They're going to run up the field. They're going to make some passes. They're going to try to score, and then they give it back real fast. Uh, they were particularly poor in this game. Uh, Kevin called me and said, how bad is Portland? And I was like, I don't know. I can't watch right now. I'm actually out riding on the trains, right? And he goes, trust me. I got, I got text message from another uh, broadcaster who was watching the game and basically said that this galaxy team should have had a lot more chances and that they looked bad. And I can sort of see that in terms of, Hey, this isn't a great team. That's not all put together. But at the same time, this is a team that dominated Portland for most of that game outside of us. Say the last 10, 12 minutes. That's the part where Vanny hated it the most, right? That's the part where Vanny was like, there is, we have problems. 
um, whenever the game got real open at the end. Now, that gave the LA Galaxy some chances to actually get in there, but they squandered so many of those chances with slow buildups and slow execution. And it wasn't just about being patient. And Vanny even said it. He was like, they needed to play that ball sooner. There's one, I think, in the... Um, in the second half where Judd gets the ball, it's on the right-hand side, and if he takes it one time, he either gets a shot off or he crosses the ball really easily. Instead, he takes a big touch in the box, cuts off all the angles, and then tries to cross it in the center. And it's like, you wasted that one touch, wasted that attack. Uh, it, you know, Alex brought up the FRI and Alvarez one, which I'm sure we've all seen the picture of. This ended up not being a shot where Alvarez is all by himself on the right-hand side, and they end up not getting a shot off, right? Because you know he's going to take it and just come in. Um, you know, Memo Rodriguez off the upright. Uh, you had Preston Judd off the upright. You had Gaston Brugman who had a goal that probably should have gone in, right? You had Ricky Pouge who had the ball tipped over by, uh, by David Bingham. These weren't poor performances. It was just poor finishing in the end. Um, and so I do like the fact that the Galaxy are sort of making these steps. And if you get a real player up top with Chicharito, and yeah, you're going to have to rely on him. People are like, are you really going to rely on, you know, a 35-year-old striker? Yeah, you are. That's, that's how it's going to work. That's what the LA Galaxy did. They renewed his contract. He's coming back. So yes, you're going to have to do that. Um, so when you do that, um, you know, when he comes back, can he be as effective as you need him to be? Supposedly close. Supposedly close. Um, we're get, he's, he's close to returning, and he should be in return to play this week, which means he should start retraining with the LA Galaxy this week, which means there's a possibility he's available for Seattle coming up on Saturday, all right? Uh, if you look at the top players for the LA Galaxy, Gaston Brugman, Alex Ruiz talked about it. He was top. Raheem Edwards, we haven't talked about him, had a very good game. A more reserved Raheem Edwards is a better defender, is a better overall player. Uh, you don't get the offensive bite from him, but I thought he was plenty involved in the offense. Raheem Edwards needs to learn about what he just did in that game and just try to repeat it because that is a really good left back performance um, for Raheem Edwards. That was his best game this year by far. The best game he has had in all of the preseason too, right? So um, really interesting to see that. And then Caligari is the third best, a 7.7 according to Mob, And I agree with that. I thought he had a very good game, quietly very good. Um, I expect good things from him. Greg Vanny was pretty pleased from him after the game as well. So um, those were sort of the games that with Portland and, and, and breaking down that one. Um, I had a, a question from Field of Berm says, any idea what Will Koontz's title will be? Will we get an official announcement? You should. Kevin has a lot of, uh, he was to call, he called me on Sunday, uh, yesterday. <coughs> Excuse me. And we were talking a little bit and we were sort of going over this and, and if you follow sort of his way of thinking, and I don't want to make his argument without him here, but he's not going to be here for the next uh, two weeks, so I, I probably need to. But just why wait? Why not have a title? What is the title going to be? Why, in God's name, something so simple? Whenever you or anybody else, if I get hired for a job, if you get hired for a job, don't they always give you a title, right? They're like, this is what you're going to be doing. And with Will Koontz, you can't say that he left LAFC, which was a prestigious position for him, even though he was number two, even though he wanted to be a number one guy, you can't say that he leaves that without knowing what his position is going to be, right? Like, that's impossible. That doesn't happen. So my argument and Kevin's argument, I think, is sort of mirrors this, is that of course you know what his title is going to be. Of course you know what his position is going to be. And he's not coming to take that position without knowing what his title is going to be too. And he's probably not coming to be, you know, Greg Vanny's assistant that right. Right. Cause this is a guy with ambition. This is a guy who wants to be at the top and to be at the top, you have to be a GM and he left a number two position to go to a GM spot an assistant GM to now a GM spot. Right. That's the only thing that makes sense. But are they going to put him under Chris Klein as well? Uh, whose suspension also ends at the end of that transfer window. So 28 days um, on the sporting side. So it seems unlikely. In fact, it seems unfathomable that Will Kuntz doesn't know what his position is and that the LA Galaxy don't know what his position is. They weren't like, hey, just come join us and we'll figure something out. You know, it'll be all cool. There's zero chance somebody as smart as Will Kuntz is like, yeah, whatever. It's all good. Um... So, yes, I do think there will be an announcement. And Kevin may have brought me over to his dark side. I think that it could be a very big announcement. Um, he could be like a co-president type thing. Um, 
and maybe stays on the sporting side uh, on the sporting side and, and Klein could say that's that's a total speculation just guessing just trying to connect dots but it's it's pretty outrageous to think that somebody like Wilkins comes over in the LA Galaxy like they're like oh we don't know what to put on your business card no that's not a thing that's not a thing I guess I guess he would I guess I guess he could I mean, I, it could all happen, right? It could all happen. Anything's possible. Oh, what are the other stats I wanted to get to? Um, this was from OptiJack. 1,658 LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy's Ricky Pouge has carried the ball for 1,658 total yards so far this season, further than any player in MLS weaving. Uh, Mike Gray, who I think is in our chat room, at least was for a little bit, went, is this a good thing? I don't know if it's a good thing. His ability to evade and and listen, I made a note in my in my three pages of notes I took from the Portland versus L.A. game um, here. I can I, I can actually show you like all my notes, but I, I made some notes um, about Ricky still not getting protected by referees. There were a lot. Penso did a did a meh job of refereeing that game, um, but but he's still not getting protected. So the best thing he can do is pick the ball and move. Um, but he he actually does that really well. He at a couple times had three or four Portland players chasing him. Um, and that's that's he's sort of showing look for those moments because that's not somebody that's something everybody can do. Um, but look for Ricky Pooch in those moments. The ability to play 90 minutes of every game to be to able to evade, to be able to run with the ball, to break lines with passes. I mean, Brookman is clearly the best player on the team right now. And if you saw some of the passes he made in the Portland game, you sort of understand why. Um but Pooj is, is the best player on this team over the course of a season or should be. And if those two are battling it out to be the best player, the LA Galaxy will be okay uh, as long as they get some wingers. All right. So that was just something I wanted to sort of throw in there. But I thought the uh, the the pickup and runs from Ricky Pooj, and by the way, it's from left to right. It's from top to bottom. It's all over the field. Um, that, that guy attacks in every direction. He attacks forward. He attacks backwards. He attacks sideways, round and round. He'll run in circles. He'll do it all. Um, so I thought that was uh, an interesting little stat to pop up. Uh, DP minutes. This has been an easy one so far. Uh, the LA Galaxy only getting 33% of the total available minutes from their designated players. Javier Hernandez and Douglas Costa have yet to play a minute in 2023. I know it says 2022. I got to fix that. Uh, 2023 minutes right now. So uh, 12 total games, 1,080 total minutes available. Four games played, four games started for uh, Ricky Pouge, and then zeros across the board from everybody else. Pouge has played 100% of his minutes. 0% from Chicharito and 0% from Douglas Costa. So many times over the last, what, five or six years have we come to this chart and had these things like this. Ramon Alessandrini couldn't stay healthy. Giovanni Dos Santos couldn't stay healthy. Jonathan Dos Santos couldn't stay healthy. Um, Zlatan did a pretty good job of that. That was that was sort of the outlier, right? But Chicharito comes in and couldn't stay healthy. Douglas Costa can't stay healthy. Kevin Cabral Unfortunately, I think stayed healthy for, for some of those times. That's that's just a joke in terms of his play. I don't actually want anybody to get Kevin Cabral to get hurt. Um, so um, this to me has always been the story of the L.A. Galaxy is tell me about the designated players, because when the desert, when the L.A. Galaxy were good, their designated players were on the field. Right. Robbie Keane, Landon Donovan, uh, David Beckham. Um you know, you've seen that even Steven Gerrard, except he was out for all the time. But when he was on the field, the LA Galaxy were good, right? Giovanni Dos Santos, when he was on the field, he at least could do something. He wasn't on the field nearly enough uh, for the Galaxy. I'm OK with bad DPs as long as they're available and playing and doing the minutes they're supposed to. So that way everybody can agree they're bad and they can move on. But sometimes when they're hurt, it's everybody holds in position, right? Nobody wants to make any moves. Or do anything. When we look at the LA Galaxy start so far, you would have to go back to 1999 to find a year where the LA Galaxy started worse. In 1999, through the first four games, LA Galaxy had just two points. Uh, they had three points in 97, in 2003, in 2009, uh, in 2012, 2017, um, and then once again in 2023. If you look, 2020 had one point through the first four games, but that was broken up by that tournament. So. Not really sure how to count that one. It's sort of unofficial there. I will say this. If you look at 2009, that was a pretty good year for the LA Galaxy, having only three points. So there's definitely times. 2012 was a good year for the LA Galaxy, having three points after four games, right? But that was a returning MLS champion team. They could sort of afford to coast for a little bit, right? And they did. And then they picked it up in June. Everybody likes to pretend it was August. It was June. They started winning in June, and then they never looked back uh, in 2012. So 
as the LA Galaxy approach June, understand that's when you need to start putting the pedal to the metal and doing things, okay? That's the important time. So again, um, the LA Galaxy off to a, a poor start, absolutely. Uh, their worst start since 2017, uh, and we all know 2017 was a horrible, horrible, horrible season. Um, but you can also throw in the 2012s and the 2009s and sort of be like, you know, it's not that far off on some of these things, okay? So <coughs> I'm with Alex, no need to, no need to panic. There's definitely some time here for the LA Galaxy to sort of right the ship. If you want to look at the LA Galaxy, and this is not something where you're, you're trying to pick out individual games or years or something, but just look, at, uh, you know, this chart sort of shows the LA Galaxy start in mass compared to all the other starts of the year, <coughs> of the of the season. So not their worst, not their best. Uh, more towards the bottom of the worst than, than towards the top of the best, obviously, um, at this point. We are just still tracking their points per game at 0.75 so far. The Galaxy usually averaging throughout their seasons of 1.48, so almost 1.5 points per game. Galaxy are half that right now. <clears throat> Expecting them to pick up some more points for sure. Um, let's go to goal projection. If I told you the LA Galaxies were only going to give up 34 goals this game, would you be excited about it? I know, I know some of you would, would definitely be excited about it. What if I told you they were only going to score 17 goals? So when we proje project these things out with two goals scored so far and four goals conceded so far through four games, we can project that out over 34 games, 17 goals scored, which would be low, very low, uh, and 34 game or 34 goals allowed, which would be low and in, in a good way. Um, so it's sort of extremes at this point. Um, if the LA Galaxy went to allowing just one goal per game, they would be that would improve their um, overall by, by a significant amount. I have to go back and look at the charts to remember exactly where it is. And I don't think I brought that chart with me. Um, something that I don't think happened all of last year, LA Galaxy went winless through an entire month. Uh, they have one loss and three draws in March. Now they get to have play five games in April and six games in May. And if those things aren't coming fast, you're not looking at the rosters or at the schedules right now. Um, this is interesting. If you look at the LA Galaxy's longest win streak, uh, well, excuse me, longest winless streak, winless streak. Um, they're at four right now, uh, four winless, and that means that it ties their longest winless streak of last year. Uh, in 21, 21, in 2021, they had nine game winless streak. In 2020, they had a seven game winless streak. And now the LA Galaxy uh, are at four game winless streak that matches their longest from last year, uh, which was four as well. So uh, if you want to know the LA Galaxy's worst winless streak ever, and this is single season, so we don't transform over from other seasons. We just look at individual seasons. Uh, it was 12 in 2008. They had 10 in 2017. The Galaxy somewhat trending towards that 10 right now. Um, but again, having lost just once in their first four games, just they have three draws in there. Not sure anybody's really excited about that. Looking at the schedule, uh, we're now into April. Uh, we'll start April off with a bang. April 1st, LA Galaxy versus Seattle Sounders, 4.30 p.m. Uh, that game, of course, will be on MLS Season Pass uh, and then also on Fox. This is on Apple TV free and on Fox free. Same as last game. Stop complaining. You can absolutely find these games. All right. This is two games in a row that you can find the LA Galaxy. People are telling me that they can't watch it in bars. I find that hard to believe because I see a lot of people going to watch parties. So that's available. Go to watch parties. They'll have the game on. You can watch it in bars. All right. There, there are ways to do all of this stuff um, and tell your local bar. Say, hey, you can get, you know, this much. Uh, I forget. It was some ridiculously cheap amount, if I remembered, for the entire season for this MLS season pass to go into bars. So. So anyway, I'm coughing here as we sort of finish this out. Um, so. Uh, that's that's what's coming up in April. Then the LA Galaxy go to way to Houston. They're home to LAFC. That's El Trafico on April 16th. Uh, 422, April 22nd, the LA Galaxy host Austin. Uh, on 422, that will be the last game before the transfer window closes. We should have a pretty good idea of what the LA Galaxy team will look like for the rest of the year outside of some intra-league transfers that could happen in the summertime. All right. The 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 next thing that happens is on April 29th, seven days later, the LA Galaxy will play away at Orlando. The window will be closed by then. So we're looking at these games. There's five games in April. As we're looking at this, we know by the fifth game in April, the window will be closed. The LA Galaxy will be locked in and they don't have a summer transfer window to fix anything. So realistically, by 422 or 429, you should know what this LA Galaxy team will look like, even if the players haven't arrived yet. Okay. 
Um, May 2023 uh, comes in as well. There's six games in that. LA Galaxy hosts Colorado. LA Galaxy hosts San Jose. Away to Columbus. Away to DC. That's a fun little uh, road trip there. I think there's a midweek game on that one. Um, and then there is home to Charlotte and away to RSL. That's a difficult difficult month a lot of games to be played a lot of things to be happen there uh, if we look at the supporter shield standings at st louis and it still is st louis uh they have won every single game that they have played in so far one of the best starts in major league soccer history um <clears throat> if you've seen some of the goals that they've scored very nice goals high press a lot of energy a lot of things work working well for them they're also getting extremely lucky all right i think this is now two or three goals where their their top striker klaus has just has just been handed a ball um he's finished it and that's a good thing. Uh, what was the quote I saw? He goes, he goes, uh, he goes, either my mama cries or your mama cries. And I don't like to see my mama cry. Um, I'm starting to love that man. Uh, he's really exciting to watch, really fun to watch. St. Louis at the top there, New England in second, Cincinnati in third, Seattle in fourth, right? We have to go all the way down to the LA Galaxy. We're currently just three spots or two spots from the bottom. They're in 27th place. Only Kansas City, who they played and drew to and Colorado, uh, who just drew a game. Thanks to Kevin Cabral are worse than the L.A. Galaxy right now. 28th, 29th uh, for Kansas City and Colorado, L.A. in 27th spot. So just three spots from that bottom there. If you're paying attention, New England leaders in the Eastern Conference. Uh, it's New England, Cincinnati, Atlanta, Orlando, Columbus, Nashville, New York City, Philadelphia, and Miami to stay above the line. If we go in the Western Conference, it's St. Louis, Seattle, LAFC, Minnesota, Dallas, Austin, San Jose, Houston, Portland, all above the line. Currently below the line, Salt Lake, Vancouver, LA, Kansas City, and Colorado. All right. Good. Glad we could do that. Uh, one of the things that was uh, happened, uh, I believe it was yesterday on Sunday, was LA Galaxy 2 uh, made their MLS Next next Pro debut. Uh, they got beat 3 to nothing up in San Jose. <clears throat> I will say this, and it's something you should keep in mind for this. One, MLS Next Pro is not USL. It is a completely different animal. So when we see the results and the scores, pay no attention to them. Uh, this is a developmental league, and the LA Galaxy are going very young. They had three U-17s in the starting 11, three former academy players in the starting 11, and six current or former academy players on the bench. This is a team that's going to take a while for the for, to sort of gel and to sort of start moving, all right? Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, they're having uh, Central American Heritage Night this Saturday whenever the LA Galaxy take on the Seattle Sounders. Uh, that game, again, coming up at 4.30 p.m. Uh, Dignity Hill Sports Park, lagalaxy.com slash tickets. Uh, I think we're going to have Stephen from AFJA on our podcast next week, and he's going to talk about the Papusa truck and all the good work that is going on that. I'm really excited about having him on. Uh, so we made that that those arrangements today. So as long as that sticks and stays around, we'll be all set and ready to go. Um, one more time, LA Galaxy and Seattle Sounders coming up uh, this Saturday, 4.30 p.m., April 1st. Uh, that game is for free on Fox and for free on Apple TV on MLS Season Pass as well. 4.30 p.m. is your start time on that. I think it's probably 4.39. Actually, you know what? It's a Fox game. It could be another almost 5 o'clock or 4.55. I haven't looked it up. I need to look that up. Um, <clears throat> but that's something to watch as we go forward. I always try to give you guys the the when, when the actual kickoff is, right? And so uh, we'll do our best to, to get you that on Thursday. But we'll have a show on Thursday to get you sort of riled up for that and ready to go. I am... I am super interested to see if Douglas Costa actually comes back. Would any of you be shocked to see Douglas Costa coming back? I almost at this point, I almost would. He feels so far removed from this team. Um, and with all the rumors and the LA Galaxy knew he was down there talking to them. I mean, there's a lot of things that line up and connect. Let's get crazy with it. I mean, I, I really do think that there's a good chance that Douglas Costa gets bought out. Um, we thought it was going to have to happen before the season, but they changed the rules. And now that they changed the rules, it can happen anytime. But you would have to imagine they'd still have to find a replacement. So do they bring them? Do they bring them and let them play for a couple games? Um, somebody was saying, obviously, to move Efrain Alvarez, um, you know, before the window closes. And, and maybe that can happen. Um, but I think the Galaxy are still sort of intent on on holding on to him and seeing what they can do maybe in the off season of this year. But I think Greg Vanny, there's almost a part of me that says Greg Vanny is playing him enough to make sure that everybody knows that, that he's sort of at the position he's in, right? That he, he's probably not going to improve that. This is, this is probably the ceiling for him. That's what it feels like. Um, yeah. Somebody asked in the chat room, is he practicing with the club? He's supposed to be returning to training this week. I will say this um, before I totally go and my allergies uh, continue to throw um, 
you know, a, a wrench and everything I try to do here. Um, every time it seems like he's close, it gets extended just a little bit longer. And I'm starting to, I'm starting to think that, 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 that there's a reason for that. Where there's smoke, there's fire type of thing, right? Could totally be wrong. Total speculation. No idea if it works or not. But I want to share that with you guys just in case it is. And if it does happen, I get to do a victory lap for at least a couple months. So uh, we'll watch. We'll sort of see where that goes. The LA Galaxy, they'll have a big game against Seattle. A chance to get their first win of the season. Now, does it happen to a Seattle team that just ran rampant? Just absolutely throttled uh, Sporting Kansas City. I think Jordan Morris had a hat trick, was player of the week. Um, so that's, that's again, this going to be a big one. But we'll have a show on Thursday to sort of get you ready for that, get you prepared for that game and get you out of here. All right. I think it uh, does it. Thanks for hanging in there. We had some internet problems. We're going to try to fix them by Thursday. We'll see if we can get that done. All right. Um, I hope everybody has a great, wonderful night. You have Tuesday, you have Wednesday off, and then Thursday night, you need to be right back here prepared to battle the internet once again. And of course, uh, from, from a fellow Costa Mason, uh, the fanciest cat out there with a $20 super chat. Certainly appreciate that, sir. Uh, certainly, certainly appreciate it. Um, so we will get back to you on Thursday night. We hope everybody has uh, a, a wonderful day. Hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their week. Get some work done, right? Then party this weekend. Ready to watch Yellow Galaxy on TV. Ready to watch them in the stadium. However you're going to do it. Glad that you do it. By the way, I was corrected. Jordan Morris had four goals. Well, of course he won player of the week with four goals. That makes total sense. All right. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. That's where you can find us. Uh, Post game press conference up from portland on the youtube page make sure you check that out subscribe like all those fun things if you're looking for mr kevin baxter at k baxter 11 and of course latimes.com he'll be back after his trip to far away places all right everybody have a wonderful night have a wonderful day however you're listening to us we appreciate you for kevin the panda baxter i'm josh pato guessman you've been listening you've been watching to corner the galaxy from the box on cornerthegalaxy.com have a great one You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.